Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Wow. Not only are we live, uh, we're uh, all over the place. we got a draft to talk about. After months of speculation and fake drafting and... Uh, you know, banding about all of our opinions about what would happen. We have at least, uh, I don't know, three-eighths of the answer, uh, 30, what's that, 37.5% uh, of the draft is behind us. Steelers will still have three picks today, but we're going to talk about the first three with us to talk about it uh, on the SteelerFury.com podcast is uh, my man and uh, our curmudgeon. I think the curmudgeon has now taken off. It's, take, it's like a thing of its own now. Uh, when talking about you. He is FC. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. How are you, sir? I, I'm not bad. Um, I ended up in the hospital this week, and I was afraid that I wasn't going to make it to uh, the draft, but I survived. I will live. It's all good. A couple stitches, you know. What's, what's a few stitches between friends? That's all I have to say. Exactly. Um, so, uh we're, while we wait for uh, Perch, who's going to join us hopefully at some point, uh, tell me what uh, your thoughts are about uh, the way the first round unfolded. Um, did you have, like, a, a biting pain in your side when Carl Joseph went at number 10 like I did? Or did you feel, like, more fatalistic about it? Like, well, he wasn't going to come close to us anyway. Combination of the two. I actually was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, because uh, I really was high on the player and, um, you know, Prior to the injury, I think that's where he would have been drafted. I think that he showed probably that he's at his point in recovery where there's going to be no doubts. He's going to be ready to go come week one of the season. So, you know, uh, just fantastic prospect. I wish uh, wish he would have fell, but uh, it, did, it wasn't yeah. in the cards. And, uh, yeah, I was I was kind of happy for the player just because, you know, he is that good. Well, I felt uh, personally – vindicated for saying two months ago that he was a top 10 player in the draft. I couldn't understand why no one else seemed to think that and, uh, as the process went along, it seemed like, uh, you know, he picked up some momentum. I guess the injury just scares people like it's 1975, but, but ACL tears, you know, are not what they, what they once were. If it's just a simple ACL tear. Anyway, this is what I would say. Uh, and regardless, uh, he's no longer a Steeler, so we hate him. And uh, he got down to the Steelers pick. You know, Jackson was taken just ahead of them, William Jackson. I, you know, you can never tell listening to Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin after uh, they, they pick a guy what might have happened if other guys were there. But it sure sounded like they were hell-bent to take a corner. They might have even passed on Carl Joseph anyway at 25. And it, it just sounded like they might have even you – know, he, he had a little bit of that twinkle, like maybe they had Burns rated higher than Jackson. I'm not, you know, I guess that would be based on upside, right? Because as players right now, William Jackson's a better football player, yes? Yes. Uh, he's more advanced technique-wise. Uh, um, I think they have very similar ceilings, though, which 
a lot of people I, I, I don't think necessarily get or the disappointment where they're just they just give give the kid a chance. I mean, um Artie Burns the last time he really had a, a football camp, uh he was in eighth grade. You know, and it's funny that's the the issues with Burns. People say, you know, he's a little he's soft or not physical and that's a joke. I mean, um, he played big boy football against big boy teams. You know, there's three or four teams in the ACC that still have fullbacks as a major part of their offense. There ain't, you know, you don't see that in the Big Ten or the Pac-10 or the throw 12, I mean Big 12, you know. Um, and Burns has spent – he was on a track scholarship at Miami. It doesn't mean he wasn't a good football player. He, coming out of high school, he was a four- or five-star prospect by most places. You know, it's just he's raw. He needs work. He's going to, you know, get to spend some time with Carnell Lake. He's going to get to spend, you know, time with the cornerbacks coach. And I think down the line, you know, it's going to be he, – he's not going to come out right away and be a very good player. I think he might – it's like uh, maybe a package or two. I mean, everyone hates to hear that. But by Christmas, I think that he will have evolved to the point where he'll see – more time than a lot of people are expecting. And I think he's going to be a good football player. I'm not going to say I think he's going to be great. I won't say I, I'm, I think William Jackson the third is going to be great in the NFL. But, yes, William Jackson the third is definitely more advanced, and he's slightly more explosive in the vertical leap, the broad jump. But um, Burns is a little bit longer, lankier. Um, I think that he's going to grow maybe – five to ten more pounds to where he's going to be a little bit more physical. You know, um, I, I, you get him in the weight room a little bit. I'm not looking to build an Adonis out there at cornerback. I'm not looking, you know, to have, you know, someone that's a bodybuilder out there. But I'm just saying that's five or ten good pounds, and I think that you're going to have yourself a football player. The things I like is uh, there's zero fear to him. The, the softness that you hear, it's he buries his head when he tries to, to tackle people. He doesn't look. He goes for kill shots at times, and it's not necessarily the smartest thing, and I think it's very coachable. Well, I tell you, the other thing I like, he's three and a half years younger than William Jackson, right? So, you know, that's a that's a big deal, I think, at a, at a position like corner where guy starts in the NFL 24, and, and I think Jackson can, you know, start right out of the box. That's great for them. I mean, of course, they have so many corners, who knows what they'll do with them, but uh, – you know, the, in the, by the time the next contract comes up, you're looking at a cat who's, you know, you have to wonder how many more years he's can be able to play at that level. Whereas, right. you know, uh, it, it's a big advantage. It's, in the end, the development-wise, what you'll see, you, there just seems to be more chance that Artie Burns will get better. Uh, whereas, you know, Jackson's flaws to me is like, I, I, I don't. If I'm Cincinnati, I don't want to see him match up against a, a quick good you know root runner like antonio brown like not a chance like that's that'll eat him alive now against the you know the basic vertical threat big receiver types he's going to be pretty good but Artie burns you mentioned packages i'll tell you one thing he can do right now uh at an nfl at an excellent nfl level and a particularly weakness for the uh the steelers and that is he can split out wide on a big receiver or on rob ronkowski uh in goal to go situations and he's not going to get beat nearly as much as the other guys that they have that that to me is a no-brainer immediately in the in the red zone kind of or you know goal to go package he's got to be a guy there on the edge right he's lanky um 
there's not many corners with super long arms. I mean, people are going to immediately say Richard Sherman, but Richard Sherman's also tall. Patrick Peterson is a guy that comes to mind. He's 5'11", 6 foot, but he's got long arms. You know what I mean? And the yeah. ability to be able to stab the wide receiver, bam, get that stab in the goal line, or even if you, you know, a, a tight end. I mean, Rob Gronkowski's a special beast. He really is on the goal line because he uses his body actually to create space. And there's not a lot of guys that can do that. I mean, Chris Carter did it real well for, for Minnesota. That, and that, it's the ability to cause separation without using your arm. Somehow he leans his upper body in there. He'll get his shoulder sure. in there without extending his arm. It's just being a craftsman. Another thing I like about Davis, and there's a lot to like, is he's really dealt with some shitty adversity in his life. And he's, you know, did better than I would have done. How about that? So it's yeah. it's admirable, you know, parent one parent dying, one parent being incarcerated, two young, you know, brothers and sisters taking that responsibility. A little bit like Shmarka Thomas, and we never had an issue with Shmarka Thomas off the field. You know what I mean? The character. Yep. So. Yep. And that that he lost it. You know, the coach got the coach left, and uh, mother died same weekend. You know, I, that's like got to be. It's like your whole world turned upside down for the, for a young guy. So I, I respect that he made it through kind of a bad situation. As you said, it seemed like he really, you know, I, I don't know. I remember the first, when uh, when my father died, it was the first moment that I thought to myself, oh, I guess I'm an adult now. And something about your level of responsibility raises when you lose a parent. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, I could I could see that being viewed as a positive you know, that his response to that whole situation as being a real positive, uh, intangible uh, for teams looking at him. And, you know, I, I, I buy it. You know, I, I, can, I can buy it drafting for his potential and for even just for the, you know, what he can offer immediately is a, still a big upgrade because we just don't really have guys with that skill set. It's not just that he's taller. He's actually good at that, at that like you said, you know, the jab with his arm, arm length, and getting his hands into receivers, and then, you know, uh, being able to make plays on the ball, turning his head, getting the view of the ball coming into the end zone, and being able to make plays on it. That's just a skill that not a lot of corners, even good corners, have that as a sort of a natural, uh, you know, ability, and he seems to be very natural at that. So I like that aspect of it, and and his youth. I mean, you can't you can't really knock that. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm sure that they, uh, you know, they were in such a hurry to get to the podium, you know. They they definitely believe in his potential, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it might take a year, you know, to to really see what they got. Right. I wouldn't be shocked uh, if they had them pretty much neck and neck in their rankings uh, on their yeah. quarterback rankings. Yeah, that's you know? what I feel like as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's let's move on to pick number two. Uh, Sean Davis out of Maryland. I mean, my I, I'm on record as you know when the name came up. He was being talked about almost everywhere as a corner, and uh, I didn't really like uh, his tape as a corner sure. for two things. One, one is one that you mentioned. I know you're going to mention, which is he's a little bit stiff. Uh, but on top of that, more importantly, he just didn't seem to have a feel for off coverage, uh, which for playing with the Steelers, at the very minimum, they may not be a exclusively you know three deep off man kind of cover team that they they were three years ago, but you're going to have to play some of that and, and have a good feel for it. And he just didn't seem to have a great feel for it on the outside. 
Um, but as a safety, and particularly after a guy like Carl Joseph is gone, one of the few guys in the draft at safety who can do a, a pretty good job at everything. He's he's a he likes contact and he likes to hit. So you're playing him close to the line, he's going to make some plays. He can cover well enough, like a tight a move tight end in the slot. He has the athletic ability for that, and he's got enough speed and length to you know to play a little deep zone for you. Although you know probably not his primary position, but compared to some of the other safety prospects, even Bayard that we liked. You know, he he might have a little bit more uh, potential in all three areas. What what is your take on Sean Davis? Very smart player, um, very smart individual. Um, you can teach smart people. I mean, it's, it's horrible to say, but someone that is willing to work, and that's what a lot of part of intelligence and being smart is being willing to put in the repetitions and put in the work, regardless of what it is. And uh, that's something he's willing to do. He got a three-year starter, um, nice size. Um, he doesn't play as fast as he times. Um, he plays more like a four, five, five guy to me, maybe four, five, eight guy. And that's, I think the main part of that at corner back was, uh, he, he really was playing out of position regardless of what anyone says he moved there because the team needed him there, but he is at his best, in my opinion, as a free safety, you can play him in strong the way we play things. I'm sure the Steelers are going to play him in strong safety. Got no issue with that. Um, he's good. He doesn't have great traits. And if you start putting together enough good traits and you work on the areas where you're poor and some of the stuff that I, I – it's, it's, it's correctable. He also has technique issues. Um, his tackling issues, he definitely is looking for the kill shot a lot. Um, but he's smart, and uh, there's a lot to like about him. I, I Coming into the draft, I view him the same way you did. I was thinking he's more going to be a corner, and, wow, you know, he's going to have to move the free safety. But I think the Steelers draft him, you know, with the pure idea he's going to play safety, and I think that probably is going to be best for him in first career. Um, I see a lot of uh, – Brent Alexander, a young Brent Alexander traits in him, and that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you're you're not going like, to get Troy Palomalu or, you know, a, a fantastic safety, you know, in every draft. You need, you know, the basic, hey, he's pretty damn good type of guy, too, and that's why I expect him to be pretty damn good. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's, it's sort of like I can, you, can see the, you can see why they're interested in molding that guy versus, I mean, there were people calling for Jeremy Cash. I look at Jeremy Cash as a really good college player who had a very sort of uh, specific role on that Duke defense Mm -hmm. to be close to the line and make plays, but he's not really a guy you want in coverage, either deep coverage or, you know, sort of uh, man covering somebody in the slot. And they mostly used him as a blitzer. I mean, almost, you know, almost his role was like a, uh, most of the time he's run blitzing or, or pass blitzing and then occasionally he's dropping into the flat and looking for uh, you know to make a play on the flat receiver but the, you know the, the potential for that guy in the NFL he doesn't have a position really you know it, he's not dynamic enough to be Troy Palomalo or Deion Buchanan not big enough really to do that role but he's also not you know quick enough or fast enough to be a traditional safety so to me that's why I say I could I could easily I, you know I didn't have a 
strong reaction to seeing Sean Davis's name pop up, uh, except to, you know, to think, well, you know, as far as like an athlete spark guy, he's near the very, very top. I know, I think he was in the 95th percentile or something, uh, you know, for, for, uh, I think both corner and safety. So from that standpoint, he has, he has the athletic skills. So it's merely a question of, you know, if you've got coach who can vouch for him and say, I can make that guy great, by all means, you know, he's got the tools. It's not like they drafted a slow, productive college guy, Jarvis Jones, cash, and then try to make that guy sell, sold as a second-round pick. As you said, you can't get Troy Polamalu, you know, in every draft, especially if you're not drafting top 10, top 15. Uh, so, you know, under the circumstances, I, I buy the pick. Oh, I do as well. I mean, it's not even under the circumstances. I'm good with the pick. Flat out good. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a free safety. So he's going to play safety in the Steelers system, which we pretty much everybody at this point feel and agree that are interchangeable because of the way, you know, what we do with the zones. You know, it's you got to be able to, you know, play in the box. you got to be able to play, you know, in a cover one role. The way with well, he does, does he not look? Does he not look like a Mike Mitchell? I mean, he's a Mike Mitchell type safe. Yeah, and in more ways than one, Mike Mitchell. For as much as people feel have this mental image from the way he plays on the field, he's very articulate and very you know um, he, he's how can I put this? Uh, after football, he's going to have a lot of success because he's a smart guy. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, leader. He's a leader, man. You know, you can tell the, the way he. Thing. The coach goes to him, he goes to the coach, right? Leadership. Right. And that's the same way that Sean Davis is. You know, they drafted, you know, a good athlete that's a smart guy that has shown the ability to work. And that's that's what the draft's, you know, about. You know, if, 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 if you, you know, check off the physical tools, if you can also check off the mental tools and you're not going to be a problem off the field and you've shown, like, ability to learn and to work at something, that's generally where your winners come from. That's where you get your JJ Watts. And I think a lot of a lot of things that aren't scouted or that are way over people want that with that want the talent, but a lot of the talent don't mean shit if you're not willing to work. Yeah. Ones work. Well, they you know, they threw at us that uh hearts hearts and smarts is what they look for in players and man, first two days they couldn't they couldn't really done any better than in hearts and smarts than the next guy, Javon Hargrave. Oh my goodness! Like, you want to talk about a you know a character kid and a you know smart football player, hard worker uh, who has just you know natural gifts because of the way he's built and his right. motor. Uh, you know, you have to love that pick. And, uh, and more I know ways. you wanted to be. You said Billings. You know, maybe you like and, better. And, and, but no, no, I'm going on with Billings. Um, I like Billings, and the reason I, I, I there there's one thing that I know that Andrew Billings no matter what he's going to be able to do, and that's going to be two-gap at news tackle. I'm, the reason I'm so big on Billings is how I'm not a big fan of Daniel McCullers. I'm in I'm concerned mode about Daniel McCullers. Um, but Hargrave, here's the thing. You've never really seen poverty until you've seen Southern Dixie poverty. And the reason that I say that is you have everything that's bad up north and out west but you add into that 100 degree temperatures for 50, 60, 90 days in a row, and emotions, and it's just it's 
I, I've lived all over, and what Justin Hargrave has overcome to get to where he's at. Um, the reason he didn't go to a big school is because he didn't qualify. And it, the reason he didn't qualify wasn't because he was dumb. The reason he didn't qualify is because he didn't go to school because he had to support his family at the age of okay. 12. But it's, it, you know, I don't know if you know the, the whole story, but it's even, there's a fantastic, for those of you listening to the show, right. We like podcasts. There's a fantastic episode of Draft Season, which is a Sports Illustrated uh, uh, little series that they did with four or five episodes. There's a fantastic episode featuring Javon Hargrave. It's episode two, Javon Hargrave, the small school standout, where the first, one of the first things they talk about was, you know, how does a kid like that with that kind of ability end up at South Carolina State? Right. He had one last class. I don't remember what the subject was. It was something really nondescript, you know. Like not a not physics or anything, right. where he he missed by some, uh, you know he needed a he needed a B, uh, and he got point two uh, percentage points lower than that. He literally missed it by like answering one question wrong, or he would have qualified to go to Clemson. He was all set, crazy. Right, and that's he. Um, I mean, you hear these stories, but he would be up at three thirty in the morning and he'd work until 7 o'clock, then you go take a shower and then go to school, you know, then go to football practice, get off, go back, work in the fields from 8 to 11, 30, 12 o'clock, go, go to bed until 4 in the morning, and then repeat. So the, I'm thrilled that uh, things went well. And the Steelers in South Carolina State, actually, there's more of a relationship than people. Oh, I think we might have lost that. FC there for a second. Or we lost me. Uh, one of his one of us has disappeared. Uh, I'll uh, I will uh, try to fill the gap by talking about Javon Hargrave in case you can hear me uh, there on we the call. Oh, there you go. Okay, sorry, I lost you for a second. FC, you're back now. Okay, yes. Uh, the only thing I was saying is the Steelers have had a long running you know relationship with South Carolina State, and they play great football. They really do. And uh, the. I love the pick um, because I love the kid, and uh, I have a how great. Could not, how could you not love the kid? He's right, and I have a great comparison for him too because I love this kid, and um, he was drafted in nineteen, I believe, ninety-two. Could have been ninety-three in the third round. He was a six foot one and a half, six foot two, two hundred and ninety pound defensive tackle. Played at Clemson, and his name was Brinson Buckner, and that. Is the type of player that, and a lot of people are going to say, ah, Brenton Buckner. Brenton Buckner was really fucking good for the Steelers, and he was really, oh, yeah. really good for the Carolina Panthers. And he just got lost with, you know, Ray Seals, and he got lost with Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd and Chad Brown, LeVon Kirkland, Rod Woodson, Carnell Lake, Darren Perry. There was a really good fucking players on that defense, and people in revisionist history have now think of Brenton Buckner as a bust or not a good player, and that is not. No, I, I tell you this, the, uh, you know, with, other than Willie Gay, every, everybody on this offense by the end of the year probably is going to be first, second round draft pick, you know, with just a couple of thirds snuck in there. Like they're going to have some, you know, at least on paper, based on the, the, what you would expect the development would be of the young players. They have really not you know it's like they put some investment into this defense and it it kind of feels like it has a chance to come together in a good way 
I mean, oh, I, I like the I like the mock period. I I, I like the draft period so far. I, I do. I love it. I mean, uh, kinda, which is surprising. I mean, it, it, I'm generally I, I'm I'm coming away. I wasn't a big Ryan Shazier fan. I wasn't a big Lawrence Timmons fan. To be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed with Cameron Hayward and David DeCastro. I wasn't huge fans of either player. No, I'm not going to say it. I would say Cam Hayward is a far better pro than I expected, and David DeCastro is basically exactly what I expected. You know, um, but I'm, I'm, I see where they're going, and I can see a very fast defense. And I mean, I mean, it's not only our defensive backs going to be fast. Shazier's pretty fast. Tapri's pretty fast. And you know, you're, you're adding Davis. You know. Um, and Senquaz Golston, people, I mean, since he didn't play, and most people don't follow the draft, he was very dynamic. And he stood out at an SEC school filled with dynamic players at Ole Miss. You had Tunsil, you know, you, there, there was Ole Miss is fun football to watch. And Golston was far and away the, the, the most entertaining player to watch, including Treadwell on that team. So I, I I think the Steelers' arrows definitely is pointed upwards. Yeah, I just uh, I have a bit of bad news. I just checked in because the, the next thing I was going to say was what makes this draft, what pick in round four, you know, would be like the home run for completing the top half of this draft for the Steelers. And and the guy I was going to hit you with uh, just got picked by the Dallas Cowboys. His name is Charles Tapper. I just felt like Tapper is a cat who is like fits a piece for the Steelers on the edge uh, and, and would also be able to, uh, you know, he had like the third most bull rush sacks of anybody coming out in the draft. The guy that could play, you know, in that nickel with his hand down if you need him to, or play out on the edge and run with any tight end, but he's gone. So uh, sounds like, uh, I know who the next guy is up on my board for the Steelers that I'm hoping falls to them. You know, what do you, what do you think in round four, uh, is the next place not necessarily that, that that they go, but that in your mind would keep this role going for you know still thinking that this is a great draft, even making it even better. The the, the funny thing is, I'm think we're now at the point where you take you go through to your board, and and different people are going to have different right. I mean, it's it, it's well. So what's up, your so what's your board say? Right now, ideally. I would love to maybe – I know Billings isn't going to be there. Um, do you go running back? I like the kid – I like Darius Jackson from East Michigan, who you're also enamored with. Do, okay, right now, I would – you're going to laugh. I wouldn't mind taking Cardell Jones if he falls to us. And I know that sounds yeah. ludicrous. No, no, no. To, to, to me, I would say, you know, I don't – I think the likelihood of him making it all the way down there is pretty slim. But right. if he makes it – I, I don't have a problem with that, really. I, I could see this being an offensive pick. Um, I can see I'll, him worth some balls and bringing us something of value in a year or two. Because I think yeah. Ben's actually going to play four more years. You, you you take Cordell Jones in the fourth, and you turn him into a future first-round pick. There's no there's no downside to that. Right. No downside he, to that. And you have him for five years. And that unless his arm falls off, that's his tool. He's 250. He's got a rocket, you know. And yeah. he's competitive. There's a well, ton of guys I like. Before you get to the next other guys, right. the thing about Cardell Jones is, as a number three, he's kind of ideal in that, you know, you could imagine him when he if he if he you had to, you were forced to go to him uh, in a game, just you know being totally unprepared, 
that at the very least he could make some, you know, a couple of throws. He can he can run a little bit. You know, it's sort of like he's not going to be completely deer in the headlights based on a his level of competition and b that you know you saw what he did with little preparation uh, in his first game. You have to feel like you know the kid can at least show up. He's not he's you know got a lot of problems the the mental part learning the game, but it's hard it's hard not to think that he's worth developing because you could have him on a roster. You could keep a roster spot for him and not feel that bad about it. That's all I was going to say. Oh, I agree. And I agree with that. I think the pick, if he's there, is going to be Farrell Cooper. Um, I know out of the Division One major schools, the Power Five, he's as dynamic as you get with ball in his hands. He has some serious ball security issues. I'm not saying fumbling. He drops the fucking ball. He's lime as sweet in a way. But, oh, boy, is he dynamic with the ball in his hands. And it's not well, necessarily time 40. It's like I'm not going to get tackled. I have, like, vision type. Elusive. Yeah, he's very yeah. elusive in the field, right? Right. Uh, I mean, and it's, I don't know. I, I Sell me on Pharaoh Cooper over Malcolm Mitchell. Because to me, Malcolm Mitchell is – How's your I knee? Know, I, call, call me crazy. Well, yeah, okay. That's I mean, call me crazy, off, but, but I, yeah. when I look at him, okay, I'll make you a comparison. You know, a guy that uh, had no ACL, <laughs> same school, never played the position wide receiver who had the similar kind of mentality about playing the position. I mean, it's hard if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, let alone part of the Steelers organization. How can you not look at Malcolm Mitchell and take Heinz Ward? Um, that has to be his upside, right? His upside yeah, for production and yeah, um, Malcolm Mitchell's a special, freaky type of athlete too. Even though he's had that knee done twice, um, he was number one or number two rated corner recruit coming yeah. in. Yeah, funny as that sounds. Um, yeah, I, saw, I saw him play corner. I remember he's pretty good. His his backstory is not as interesting or in a way sad as Hargraves. But if anybody ever, if we do draft Malcolm Mitchell. Go look up Malcolm Mitchell joins book club and you'll laugh your butt <laughs> off. He joined the book club because he wanted to learn to read better with like a bunch of like seventy, like fifty-five to seventy-year-old women, white women in Athens, Georgia, and uh, he was like the only male, only person you know under the age of like like fifty-five in the group, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just oh, great. a great, great story. And anyway, M- Malcolm Mitchell was a poor reader. After three years, he went on to write. He's now completing his third children's book, which is just phenomenal. Um, I like the kid. I like the character. And the, the thing is, is um, his hands are pretty good, but I could see him being great, you know, in the future because he is a hard worker. Another one of the guys that, you know, give me a guy, you know, with heart and, you know, brains, and I'll make something out of him. Yeah, I mean, just but compared to Pharaoh Cooper, if you know if you're if you, both guys are available and they're they're sort of at the top of your board uh, with what's left at that time, you know which the flip of a coin because I'm a, a big Pharaoh Cooper fan and that I really like some of the things that he does out and I'm a big Malcolm Mitchell fan. Either way you go, I would be good with either pick. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys I'd be good with. If we went with uh, Nick Kowalski from West Virginia, the inside backer, who a lot of people are not a fan of at this point from, from my hometown. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know his uncle. Uh, he's 
I mean, he meet, he checks the, some of the boxes that you – I mean, he's going to be a more physical pair. Timmons ain't going to play forever, you know, either, you know. And, you know, he's 6'2"-ish, he's 250-ish, he's 4'7"-ish, and he's Jack Hamish. You know what I mean? He just is smart. He's sure. Old. You know, hey, I'm in the right spot. Hey, I'm here to make the tackle again. Hey, Chris Spielman. You know, hey, Hardy Nickerson. He just is the guy that won't be all worked. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, you know, I don't know if that's a guy. That's a fourth round guy, but I like him. I mean, I would, I would be okay with him. You know, towards the end of the draft, he's gonna be drafted a lot higher than you expect. Yeah. How about this? I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted before Josh Perry is. How about that? I won't wow. be shocked if he's drafted before Andrew Billings is. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, compare me to for him. Compare him to uh, Landon Roberts, a guy that probably will be down there in sixth round, seventh round. Um, because we talked about Roberts, we let we both like him. Yeah, we do. Quietkowski, um, though, you like better, maybe. It's maybe for the NFL game, but the, what 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 I I can't get by is. I don't ever want to pass on a guy that. How many teams passed on Chris Spielman? And I know that Jack Lambert or Jack Ham was uh, was an early pick, but just like if you just like pass on a player just because you know what he's not going to be this this or this, I don't want that bite me in the ass, and I don't want that bite me in the ass. <laughs> Whenever, you know, we're talking about somebody from, like, Bethel Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's like my backyard. That can't happen. Right. Oh, especially, yeah, you don't want Joe Montana to pass right. on him. Like, right. Or Dan Marina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, even better example. Fucking yeah, exactly. 40 years later. And there's, and there's, <laughs> how the fuck do you take a drunk driver over Dan Marina? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know, Dad. Exactly. Well, um, I wasn't in the war room. I was not. So, uh, so we're, you know, obviously, you know, we're, uh, I mean, I guess one more guy I'd say for fourth, Kalen Reed. Do you think he goes? If we don't pick him at the end of four, is he gone before the yeah, end of six? Absolutely. I think he's, he may be gone before we pick. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, I mean, like I Tavon said, Young, if, if he, by the way, Tavon Young from Temple, who we talked about, just went. A minute ago to the Ravens. I, I, Faridus will be on the board and him to be off. I, I don't get it. Nope, me neither. You know, I, I don't. And this, can you imagine if somehow we can turn our fourth into a early fifth and maybe a sixth? And you know, See, this it, is it, I, I think if you don't have Cooper Mitchell or somebody who's that attractive at the end of four, I'm almost inclined to do that. You know, I mean, basically. Good. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say maybe, maybe add Reed to that mix, but other than that, I would say almost anything else would be better to have more picks. Right. Can you imagine maybe adding, let, let's say you get two for the one and you and your last day picks, let's say that you go late and you end up with, you know, the Darius Jackson or Darius Jackson, Jatavius Brown, Robertson, mm-hmm. you know, type where, okay, you know, it's just more bullets, but we do have a lot of depth issues. We lost how many inside linebackers this offseason? Yeah. Two, three? It's Two, yeah. It's going to be something that we address. It's it's like one of those sneaky, you know, our wide receivers all of a sudden. Marcus Wheaton's gone, Martavius Bryant, and fucking Laramie Tunsil are doing pong grips together. You know, come on. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, 
your wide receiver but, has to, you know, maybe move up. By the way, uh, Eric Murray goes to the Chiefs. Um, once again, I mean, I, I don't know. I got nothing against Eric Murray. He's all right. Um, I just, I, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure what film of Kalen Reed. Maybe there's Ryan, some film out there Ryan, or some character Ryan stuff Smith that just went to Tampa Bay from uh, North yeah. Carolina. Jenner. Yeah, no, there's yeah another guy. So it's apparently it's a run on corners. Right. So uh, maybe that maybe that ends with with Kalen Reed <laughs> near the bottom. We we get lucky. Uh, anyway, um, so any you know I I think. Position-wise, I wouldn't be surprised to see them address uh, the the positions where the guys are going to be gone at the end of next year or might be gone. To me, that's slot receiver, that's inside linebacker, uh, that's uh, you know maybe guard, a, a tackle that can play guard, um, you know maybe a you know flyer on a another corner something like this, but, or, you know, Edge, I'm sorry, Edge was the other thing I was trying to think of with right. Jones. So, I still think you, know. you may want to take take a look at a pure nose tackle, especially with, you know, they're, they're hitting that they're, they really like Hargraves um, in an upfield to, 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 in a t- behind to it and Hayward. I mean, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, you're going to need, you know, five, six quality defense alignment. So, you may need someone that can take those snaps against the nose uh, and because we don't know what we got with McCullers. And, I mean, sure. we sure, really sure. don't have another option. So, I mean, Gerald, Dex, Gerald Dixon Jr. from South Carolina in the seventh round is a possibility. There's not many pure nose tackles in this draft. What um, about DJ, DJ Reader? Oh, I would have gotten crucified by my brother if I didn't mention him. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Um, when healthy, which he was most of his career, not all – he. he I, he was half healthy maybe half the year this year. But before that, for the last two years, he had Jerome Brown moments at Clemson. And anybody that's too young to remember Joe Brown, Jerome Brown, you can still find him on YouTube, Jerome Brown, Miami of Florida. And he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was tragically uh, killed in an auto racing accident after playing two or three years in the NFL with a future mm. Hall of Famer. But anyway, um, Reader, well, if he gets to wait, Keeps it under control. And I'm not saying keep it. it's whenever you're having lower body issues, back and knee. The first thing that I'm going to tell you is maybe it would be best if you go from 355 to maybe 315. And I think you'll be just uh, as strong of a player, but a little bit more. Um, how can I put this nicely? Uh, healthier <laughs> and uh, have a little bit more stamina because mm-hmm. you're around of 40 pounds of. Um, and it's mostly muscle, because I'm not saying the DJ Reader's fat by any stretch of imagination. He's the guy that I would try to walk out of the weight room a little bit and maybe more on to cardio and explosive type it, of athlete. Yeah, into the nutritionist's office and the Pilates. Uh, yes, you know, hot yoga yeah. would not be bad for him. It would be probably yeah. horrible to watch for us. But I would <laughs> like... Yeah. I can see that. All right, so before we wrap it up, give me – Three picks, end of four. I'm sorry, four picks, right? I said three. End of four, end of six, and two sevenths. Give me your FC mock draft for the for day three, and then we're out of here. All right. Uh, or I might well, give you mine if I differ from you. Oh, I, and I expect that we w- would differ. I hope that we actually would. Um, how about this? We'll go with the uh, – at the bottom of the four, how about we go Kalen Reed? Um, at the bottom of the – Sixth, how about we say 
Jatavius Brown from Akron. And uh, my two sevens, I'll go with Brandon Shell from the University of South Carolina and Darius Jackson from Eastern Michigan. I, I actually, I'd be great with that. I, I, I was going to say maybe I would take uh, – I love Jatavis Brown. I think he'll be gone by the end of six. So I'll say, I'll say Reed, uh, Shell, Brandon Shell at the end of six. I, I endorse that. Or, or Drango, the other guy you like. Right. Still around. Uh, and then I'll take, uh, I'll take Roy Robertson-Harris, uh, the pass rusher from UTEP, that I seem to – I seem to be one of only three people in the world who really, really like him, but I, I really like, like him, especially like now that Tapper's gone. He and Tyrone Holmes are my two top edge rushers left. I'd still like to get an edge rusher in this draft. And then uh, for that last pick, I, I'll, I, I like a, you know, a slot receiver type guy. I'll throw out a name I haven't thrown out yet on this uh, show, and that's Chris um, – now I'm not going to remember his name. Southern, from oh, Southern okay. Mississippi. Uh, it's not Chris Moore. He just went to the Ravens. That's why it was in my head. Right. Uh, Casey, nah, dang it. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Um, I was going to say, you know, just a guy that, uh, he's a sort of Wes Welker type slot. Uh, and people that's thrown out there a lot whenever it's like, Hey, it's a smaller white guy. Let's refer to him as, as Wes Welker, uh, you know, or a, um, what's the other guy, Justin, Justin Edelman. But I'm just kind of thinking that, um, Mike Thomas. Well, Mike Thomas is the bigger guy. This is his running mate, uh, and his name is Casey. Dang it, I'm not going to be able to remember it now. He sounds like a he sounds like a stock car driver. Uh, like it's not Casey Martin, but it's kind of like that. Um, okay, help me out, FC. I'm, <laughs> I'm dying I'm thinking, here. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, at any rate, I'll, I'll talk about the other slot. I don't like. I mean, that I also like is uh, a little bit, you know, just sort of he's – he's a little bit older. He's a 24-year-old graduating senior. Uh, but DeAndre Reeves from Marshall also gives you some returnability. That might be another thing that in the long run might be useful. Um, and he's a – they used him only a little bit as a slot receiver. But I have to be honest, I kind of like the look of him as a slot receiver. Um, and I'm still dying because of my uh, Casey Martin is his name. I thought was, I had that's the first name I hit after Casey Moore, and I wasn't confident in it. Anyway, sorry. Here's I'll think I'll, I'll challenge for you, Pro golfer. Go go look at Casey Martin. Uh, they have there's a there's some clips posted of him one on ones in practice, and among those one on ones are reps against Kalen Reed, and th- this kid is. I mean, granted, it's practice reps. Maybe he's just a guy that practices hard. And the and the other guys don't don't practice as well, but it really translates into his game film as well. He's just a cat that really can't be covered out of the slot. I mean, you just can't. Uh, you know, he's the head fakes, shoulder fakes, hip fakes. Um, you know, footwork really got it down. And uh, I feel like that's a guy that will be a sleeper on day three for somebody. Maybe that's a, a guy that could go to Pittsburgh. Um, final thoughts. Now that I saved my life by remembering the name of the guy <laughs> that was my sleeper <laughs> when you're going to read these nfl mock draft grades remember them now you might even want to save it and then in two or three years come back and look at those grades again you can't tell shit now we can we, you know there's players that we like and if they would have drafted players that i hated like they have in the past 
I generally don't hammer them anymore because um, it doesn't make a difference, and sometimes players develop. So if they if the Steelers didn't take players that you like, just remember, down the line, that fucking bum that they took, you know. That you hated. Be, right. Could turn out to be Antonio Brown. Central Michigan, we already took Emmanuel Sanders. Why do we need Antonio Brown? Yeah. Sometimes. Well, easy enough happens. for you to remember. Easy enough for you, for you to remember because you loved that kid for months before the draft. So, hey, out of curiosity, what did you yeah. see in his tape uh, that you made you think that that's the guy that you really like? Just out of curiosity, because I never asked you that question. I think three things got smoked a lot in college. It, um, he played under Butch Jones, who went on to be um, hey, he's now head coach of Tennessee. But uh, they ran crossers. They ran, and he gets smoked, and he pop up and talk shit and <laughs> run back to the huddle. Second thing, um, whenever he wasn't getting smoked coming across the middle, they had a hard time tackling him. He was elusive. Third thing is um, people knocked his hands. He would get belted and hold on to the football. And those are the three things I liked. I mean, he was fearless. I never thought he was going to turn into what he's turned into. I don't think anybody did. But I thought that at the very worst, we were getting ourselves to like another Andre Hastings or just a reliable, good number three. And we turned out that we put, plucked ourselves a beautiful diamond. But those were the yeah. three things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I totally know what you mean. I know that, you know, like there's things that I look for in players uh, that just, I mean, not necessarily even that I look for. You just somehow, sometimes when you just see a guy on tape, you think, you know, there's there's a guy that they're either not using to fit his skill set, or there's something special about his effort, or you know, something about what he what he uh, has, you know, certain little skill that he has that stands out to you. Who knows what it is? And I'm sure that right. you know, professional evaluators are the same way. There's just certain guys that jump out out at you off the tape, um, and for, you know, sometimes it's a character thing, like you were talking about with the uh, there are three guys that we got on day one, and sometimes right. it's uh, right. It's a first step quickness kind of a thing, or you know something, something odd like that. To me, uh, those edge rushers. I've seen so many edge rushers now that there's just something about the way that they attack the job. You know, with a certain kind of you know alpha aggressive mindset, play after play, that you just right right away you just know when you've got a guy who's like a natural born pass rusher. And, and the and hardest you thing for you to do is to go against the measurables. And I'm going to give you a perfect example where you did it, and you were 100% right, and it broke your heart to do it, was with Alden Smith. Because when yeah. I, after he ran, it was like someone killed your dog. Because <laughs> you were like, what? That's not possible. He's more than a 485 guy. There ain't no fucking way. And you, you're, yeah. you stuck to your guns, and you're like, this guy could rush the passer, period. And I was like, yeah. you're right. A, well, I, to be honest with you, though, he's one of the very few since, uh, I've been tracking them maybe, you know, 99 or 2000 draft class. Uh, one of the very that. few that, that was good enough on tape to be considered to be a top first three rounds player, but who had poor measurables for the position who actually turned into a big star. Um, but there's not that many. That you have, like the player uh, and you, you stuck with it despite, you know, <laughs> like, cause you do like the measurables and I'm not bad mouthing you at all. I like the measurables too, but he was like, generally like, that type of player you would, like, eliminate from your board, and you refused to do it. And I was just like, I was like, there it is. 
And, that, and yeah. that's what makes the, the NFL draft a beautiful thing. Just whenever <laughs> you just like, there's no way I'll ever well, okay, he's the exception. By the way, uh, my final word is the Patriots are bastards. They took – I think they've been, list, they've been looking at my uh, – my B2B directional state uh, article this, this, uh, this draft season because they just picked Malcolm Mitchell, uh, another guy I really like. So, so much for that. We're getting down to it now. Getting down to it now. So, uh, Kalen Reed or DJ Reed are looking better and better. Maybe somebody with the name Reed in their, in their name will get picked. Uh, FC, final word for you. Go Steelers. Or go Pens. <laughs> yeah. Both. both. I'll go with both of those today. And, and go day three of the draft. Uh, time to see some B2B directional states guys go to the Steelers. I've got one. I'm hungry for more. All right, man. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank and you for Everybody. And on behalf of uh, Perch, who didn't make it today, but I'm sure we'll hear from him after the draft. And uh, Fury and everybody at Steelers Fury, Steeler Fury, this is Bradshaw to Ben, a.k.a. Will Massasek, saying go get them. Steelers in the draft. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.